Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. As you can probably tell, this is not Peter. It's Gav. I am standing in for Peter. He's having another break. I didn't ask what it was for this time. I'm joined with Jay Riley. Uh, Jay does loads of stuff. He goes up towers and he talks about Liverpool. He he, te- he, he, he he does everything on Liverpool. I haven't got the list here in front of me. But everyone knows him, sound fella. Here we go. Jay, um, what are we going to get into? Liverpool go to Fulham this Sunday. Uh, lunchtime kickoff. Fulham struggling in the league. Liverpool another good win last night. Um, another a chance to go top of the league with the FA Cup. I think being on this weekend. But I'm going to start with last night. Jay, um, Bayern Munich won. Liverpool three. Want to touch on it before we get to Fulham? Um, that for me, Jay, is probably the game that we were looking for the spark for 2019. I said on Twitter last night. For you, is that the spark? Is that the one that can can make us really believe and 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 get back on this? What looked like a juggernaut before Christmas? Um, is that the game that can do for us? Yeah, hopefully, should uh, give us much needed confidence, shouldn't it? Going to somewhere like Bayern Munich, I know maybe they're not the sides of old. Are they? They're quite an aging team, and some of the new breed that they've brought through are quite as good as what they have been in the past, but. The way Liverpool always deem Anfield a fortress, well, that's what the alliance is to Bayern Munich. But I just felt Liverpool went there with a game plan that it's obvious that they didn't really want to come out and play against us. I thought they were terrified of us, to be honest. And that's 
probably the reason why the game at Anfield was nil nil because he didn't really want to come out and play in the first half. He decided to go toe to toe with us a little bit and he felt how good Liverpool were, especially like going forward on the counter attack and what have you when they leave left spaces open for Liverpool to sort of like get into little areas and positions to have efforts on goal. And if you remember back to that game just before half-time, Liverpool could have scored a couple, couldn't he? And then in the second half, he shut up shop, really, didn't he? And Liverpool really struggled to break them down. And I just think he didn't want to be too open in the Alliance. And Liverpool, in the first half, were a little bit sloppy, I thought, in possession. But Bayern Munich just didn't really have the tools, I don't think, to sort of like carve Liverpool apart. And then Mane's goal was sensational. I mean... A long ball downfield by Van Dijk. It was a fantastic touch, and then he just basically lost lost the defender, and also lost Neuer. Lovely turn and a fantastic finish by him. It was a tremendous goal, really, and just frustrating that we conceded that goal before half time. I mean, people are having a go at Matt because it was an own goal, but he couldn't really do anything about it, could he? Because you know Robertson got caught out really, and Gnabry gave him nightmares over the two legs. I thought he was the only shining light for Bayern Munich. Robertson had a, had a you know a bit of a dodgy couple of couple of games against Bayern Munich for me, but you know, they equalised, didn't he? But Liverpool still had the advantage because you know once we scored that away goal, they needed two, didn't he? Bayern Munich and you know second half the onus was on them to come out and get that second goal, but Liverpool were always going to be dangerous then on the counter attack, and it wasn't really how, how I thought it had pan out because I thought Liverpool were, were comfortable in the second half. I think we we bossed it really, we controlled the midfield and. We created quite a few opportunities, and I think Bayern Munich only really had one or two shots on target all game, which quite remarkable, really, isn't it? I think I read somewhere, Jay. I think I read somewhere, Jay, that he had. I think it might have been three shots on target over the night, over the two legs. Yeah, quite remarkable, really, isn't it? And testament to how good Liverpool are now defensively. We've said it time and time again. Van Dijk, fantastic signing, seventy-five million pound bargain. You know, Allison, great signing goalkeeper. You know, he commands the area really well. He coordinates the defence well, with, along with Van Dijk. And you know, to, for, to, for them to only have three shots on target in in hundred and eighty minutes of football it is quite remarkable, really, isn't it? And you know, Liverpool just looked so dangerous then to check and half, and we we won three one. It could have been more, really, to tell you the truth. Salah had an effort, didn't he? Which he struck straight at Neuer, and he had another chance where he should really have squared it for for Mane. And I was shouting shouting my head off at him because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, don't be so greedy. Passed the ball, Mane was in a better position, and then he redeemed himself, didn't he? With a fantastic ball for Mane to score the third, and it was good night and. Van Dijk also in between that scored a fantastic header. You know he's he's a colossal, isn't he? Really, he's a towering presence. And I've said time and time again as well that he should score more goals. He got two, didn't he, recently against Watford at home in the league game, and he scored a vital goal there last night in the Alliance. And we march on now to the next round, the quarterfinals. And to me, you know, going into the game, I, I had me doubts to be honest because as I said before, the Alliance is a bit of a fortress to Bayern Munich and. I just thought we maybe missed a trick by not beating them at Anfield. And I, I take on board, it was fantastic that they never got an away goal at Anfield, but I still thought maybe we'd struggle there on the night, but wasn't the case really. And I think it was quite routine and it was a professional performance by Liverpool. And now we move on to the quarter-final draw, which is on Friday. And let's hope for a decent tie. But yeah, hopefully this will be the catalyst now between now and May for Liverpool to go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, for me... Um... 
looking at the game last night, you know, like uh, Klopp shows again. We were speaking about this off air before we come on, but Klopp shows again that he he doesn't he he doesn't care what we think. Um, you know, like you you see the lineup come out, and the usual thing with the lineup it comes out, and people get a bit a bit irate about certain things. You know, like, the argument there last night is that Fabinho comes on after ten minutes because Henderson is is um is injured, but people trying to pin this on Henderson. I think if Wijnaldum comes off, it's the same thing. For me, looking at the game, Fabinho tires for me in the last 10, 15 minutes, I suppose. And, you know, that's probably a sign of why Klopp was looking to rest him. He's trying to he's trying to balance this thing, uh, you know, between league and Champions League. And, and he can't really differentiate which is more important at the minute because of the way that they're playing out. You know, like, if you look at it, you have... You have Wijnaldum that looks like he needs a rest. Fabinho probably needs a bit of a rest if he can get one. Henderson, is, we hope, is okay because Milner is picking up knocks on the regular. You have, you have Naby Keita that hasn't shown up so far. You have Oxlade-Chamberlain that, that's not going to make an appearance this season. And if he does, it's going to be a token one, I think. So midfield for us, he's trying to rotate it as best he can, game to game, in order to keep them as fresh as he possibly can for what could be what... Uh, 14 more games this this season as opposed to eight if we'd have went out last night. Um, a great win. I thought we were in tour gear. I thought we could have went up another gear, but the first leg showed how I suppose afraid Bayern Munich were of us, and yesterday even more so because when we had that advantage and they had to come and play, we looked more and more dangerous. And the Bayern Munich manager says afterwards that he he felt he was facing probably the best team in Europe in transition of the ball. So when they commit men, if they lose it, he feels like they're in trouble all the time against Liverpool. It's a fair point, I suppose. Jay, just moving on to Fulham. Um, we played these on, on Sunday. For me, they're all but relegated. I think they're 10 points off safety with eight games to go. Um, but is it a bit of a strange one for you, Jay? Because we look at Cardiff coming up coming up this you know. Um, last season, and they're trying to do it on a shoestring. Wolves are probably an outlier in all this because they have a completely different way of going around it. And then you have Fulham, who who invested heavily, and it just hasn't worked for them, has it? No, it's a strange one, isn't it? They played really good football, I thought, in the Championship last season. And I was thinking out of the three teams that were promoted, Wolves and Fulham would have been fine, and Cardiff would have been the ones that... 100% 100% we're going to be relegated and they still might get relegated but at least they're battling and at least they're fighting for it aren't they fighting for their lives under Warnock but Fulham have been very disappointing really I mean some of the players that they've got there Ryan Session you know, was touted for a big move Liverpool were, were interested in the lads as well Tottenham Hotspur were, were linked with them too and he ended up staying at Fulham which was probably the right move because he's only a young boy isn't he and he's got a massive future ahead of him but Got a couple of good players there. I think Mitrovic looked good in the Championship last year. He's actually done quite well in the Premier League. I think he scored 10 or 12 goals or something this season, which is not a bad return for a, for a player who's playing in the relegation for the side. Um, they signed Schaller, didn't he, the German, who, who's not a bad player. We've seen he played for Chelsea in the past. He's not a bad player at all. And he signed Seri, didn't he, in the middle of the park, who Barcelona were linked with. Liverpool were also through in the Aforum and Arsenal as well at times. So, you know, they've got some decent players, really, but they've just been very disappointing in the Premier League. And I don't think they play real bad football. They're a good football inside, but it's defensively, in it? They're the shambles at the back. They just concede far too many goals. And yeah, it's 68 goals this season. 
yeah, I was going to say just over 60 goals or something this season conceded in 30 games. It's, it's quite remarkable, really, isn't it? It's like two a game, effectively. And I mean, I, listen, no game's easy in the Premier League and certainly not when you get to the business end. Now, as Liverpool are going for the, the title because, you know, tension and nerves can set in in games regardless of who you're playing, whether it's at Anfield or it's away from home. And I'm sure Fulham will have a goal because they play football with you, but they should be right up Liverpool's street on Sunday because these type of teams that come and play football, they're like, say, Wofford's, who would be 5-0 and 3-0 this season. Like, say, Bournemouth, who would be 4-0 and 3-0 this season. We've already beaten Fulham 2-0 at Anfield this season. The type of team that they are, you know, you'd like to think they're tailor-made for this Liverpool side. Do you think do you think they could be tailor made because there's a naivety to the play? They they believe they're better than they actually are and they come out and they're extremely open. Um like I, I've watched them a few times. Um simply because of the interest from me being the likes of like you said, uh, Mitrovic who've done so well for them. You had Sessignon, you have Shirley, you have Seri, you have um Vieto, players like this. I thought, you know what, if these can be quite solid they have enough going forward there where they could nick enough wins this season in order to survive and, and probably be a bit better is there just are they, are they just that naive that they, they suit us to the ground now coming on Sunday I think so I mean you know when you can see that amount of goals in 30 games it's it's two a game on average isn't it more than two a game so that's a hell of a lot of goals really for any team to concede and it just shows you that you know, that is a massive weakness for them. And they signed uh, Ryan Babble, didn't he, an ex-Liverpool player in the January transfer window. And he's done all right for them. But, you know, he he was playing playing his trade in tape. He wasn't he? And he got the move. He's jumped at the chance to come back to the Premier League. And, it's you know, he's, st- he's not a bad player because he still gets called up for Holland every now and then, doesn't he, in the Holland squad. But, you know... He- he never made the grades at Liverpool, really, did he? So you can't really see him causing us too many problems on Sunday. And like I say, they're always going to give you an opportunities to score goals against them. And yeah, you know they've not got many home games left. And if they're going to survive, which is highly unlikely now, they're going to have to start doing it at Craven Cottage, aren't they? But after they play Liverpool, they've then got Manchester City in a couple of weeks' time as well. So it doesn't get any easier for them, does it? And you'd like to think Liverpool had done far too much for them. They're going to be far too open and... Yeah, they might have a go at us and they, they will play football with us. They might go toe-to-toe. And as you say, a little bit of naivety, though, because sometimes you need to dig in and maybe put men behind the ball. But, it's listen, Liverpool should have too many tools for them and we should be able to score a few against them on Sunday and get the three points. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it's, it's a tight it's a tight enough little... Um, it's a tight enough stadium. And, and for me, my only worry coming on Sunday would be they literally... They're, like if you if you're looking at if you're looking at the lead table, you know they're they're second from bottom. They are 13 points from safety. There's only eight games left. You know they need a, an absolute miracle. Um, I think if they lose on Sunday, they, you're looking at probably 14, 15 points with seven games to go, and that really puts the nail in the coffin for them. So it could be one of these kind of last hurrah things, you know, where they oh let's give it everything we have on Sunday and make or break and, and see how we get on but I think if they open up against us I think they could be in serious serious trouble they've done quite well at Anfield earlier on the season I think it finished 2-0 if I remember rightly I think they've a goal disallowed and then Salah goes straight up and scores at the far end and I think it might be Shaqiri that makes it too they, they looked okay but just week on week now they look more disorganised you know there's not as much fight in them that their ideas going forward have dried up they're so open at the back maybe they thought that getting rid of Ranieri and bringing in 
Scott Parker is, is kind of a stand-in till the end of the season might rejuvenate them. But you can only do so much with the band of players you have. And I just think there's a lot of players there for me, Jay, that they obviously have something in their contract that if we get relegated, I'm, I'm allowed to go for a certain amount. And the likes of Mitrovic, Sessegnon, if he wants to go, as we said, all these players, Shorlitz, Seri, you know, Vieto, they must have some sort of release. And they're probably looking at it now going, we're going down. I'm not getting myself injured for this side and put a move in jeopardy in the summer. So I do think these suit was down to the ground, but it's not it's not a sort of one where we, we feel like it's a you know, a massive advantage to us because they do have to play City, I think, the following week. Um but Jay, just moving on, do you see any dangers from them? Do you do you see anything where you go, We need to nip that in the bud early or we need to concentrate on this fella and if we close him down everything else will deal with or do you just think Liverpool go out and play their game look to play our natural game the way we want and if it opens up as a game fine if they sit back fine we have the tools to, to dismantle them if need to be I think before Virgil van Dijk came to the club you would have said Mitrovic could have caused our centre-half problems because you know that's what Liverpool used to suffer with big powerful centre-forward who'd boss the centre-halves around and you know, he causes he causes a lot of problems in the past, and Ben Seche used to always do it. It was so much so that we ended up signing him. Um, <laughs> That's right, yeah. Mitrovic is is he's a decent player, I think, and very surprised that Rafa and Newcastle let him go. But I think it was a bit of a clash of personalities there. I don't think Rafa got on with him too much, and he ended up moving to Fulham and and then doing well for himself there, and then he ended up signing him. And, he could cause us a few problems because he he is a decent player, I think, to be fair to the lad. But Van Dyke's just normally fantastic against these fellas, isn't he? I mean, we've seen it with Troy Deeney recently, you know, with just food and drink to him, do you know what I mean? He's just he's fantastic. He, he's a monster, isn't he? And no one wants to play against him and he shouldn't really cause us too too many problems. But I do think, you know, Scott Park has taken over now and Maybe that'll give them a little bit of life. I mean, they, they were unlucky, I thought, against Chelsea in the Derby game when he, he the first game that he managed, he lost two one at home, so it was a narrow defeat, wasn't it? And then he played Brendan Rodgers Leicester, and by all accounts, he done quite well. It was one one for a stage in the second half, and he was doing okay. And then Leicester scored two late goals to put the gloss on it to beat them three one. So they've lost two on the spin under Parker now, and maybe they will. Give us a little game. I don't know really, but you'd have to say there's, there's goals to be scored against this team and Liverpool. You know, we know what this side's capable of. I know we haven't scored loads of goals since the turn of the year 2019. Been quite a lot of games. We've had two nil nil draws. I've been against Everton and Man United, and we also scored one against City and Leicester and West Ham and Brighton. So we haven't exactly scored a half full, but. The last two games have yielded seven goals, haven't he? Three in Munich in the Champions League and we got four against Burnley last weekend. So we've got seven in our last two games. Looks like we're motoring a little bit more now. Sadio Mane's absolutely on fire. I think he scored eight in his last ten games. Fantastic for the lads, you know. He's been brilliant for us. And it's ironic, really, because Mo Salah's had a little bit of a slump, hasn't he, in front of the goal. And he scored one in his last nine, which is... Very, it's a strange one for Salah because he's not used to it in the, in the Liverpool shape. But you know, we still chipped in with a lot of assists, hasn't he, Mo Salah? So, you know, I don't think there's too much cause for concern. Maybe he's lacking a little bit of confidence in front of goal, but you know, Mane stepped up, hasn't he? And he, he scored eight in ten, as I say. So we can't complain too much. I'm sure there's goals there for Liverpool on Sunday, and you know, I think we'll get three points and go back top of the table. Yeah, just looking at just looking at Fulham's last game because. Um... They went away to Leicester and they lost 3-1. And I'm just looking at the lineup there. And 
you know, you know, like no Shola is there, um, Siri isn't there, um, Vieto isn't there. Parker looks like he wants to play a four-two-three-one, and I can see that happening again on Sunday where Mitrovic is up front on his own, and he probably looks for Sessegnon and Babel to provide some pace out wide, maybe on the counter and and try occupy Robertson and Trent if they're the fullbacks on Sunday. But I just looking at the back four, they have like. And and the two in midfield, like Callum Chambers is playing holding midfield for them. Now, apparently, he's been very good in there for them since he was moved in there because he started a centre-half for them. But looking at them two in midfield, I'm looking and I'm thinking, we can dominate them. And then we can we can get at this back four. And that back four, for me, looks like it just it's doing exactly what it should do. It's leaking goals. Um, but, look, moving on from Fulham, um, I want to look towards Liverpool. You know, we, we spoke a bit earlier about... Fabinho having to come on there after 10 minutes the other day. A lot of people credited that as as a massive thing in the win. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, it depends on where you look at it. But he's obviously trying to rotate players. What way do you think he goes on Sunday, Jay? Because Henderson looks like he's he, more than a do. You know, can Milner play another game four days later? There's, there's lots going on in midfield there. What would your lineup be for Sunday, Jay? It's very difficult to say because I wonder how how much um, what the situation is with Keita because he's meant to have a minor injury and that's why he never travelled to Munich in midweek. So whether or not he's going to be available for the game on Sunday against Fulham, I don't know. So it's a little bit up in the air, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we spoke about this before we started the podcast about. On Sunday, when Adam Lallana was mentioned in the starting lineup, everyone was like, shock, horror, what's going on? It'd been really windy in Liverpool, and, and the, the weather had been raining constantly, and it was going to be a heavy pitch. And we all know what Lallana's like. You know, he's been injury prone for about two years now, and, you know, he just breaks down all the time. We all know what he's capable of. He's a very good footballer, but he just hasn't really done it for two years, and he's been injured for like about 18 months of that time. And, you know, a few people were like raised eyebrows when he was in the starting lineup against Burnley, me included. Um, but then, obviously, he put in a great performance, didn't he? You know, you can't get away from it. He, he was brilliant. He didn't put a foot wrong, really. And he, he basically made the second goal, didn't he, by not giving it up and charging it down and then managed to score from it. Um, he put in a, a near man of the match performance. I mean, personally, I would have given it to Sadio Mane, but, you know, some people did give it to Lalana, and I can see the reason and why. Um, but then it happened again, didn't it, the other night at Bayern Munich, where you know Fabinho's been fantastic for about two or three months now, playing for Liverpool, and he's really settled well. And all of a sudden, he finds himself out the team, and he's gone for that midfield trio that he tends to like of Henderson, Milner, and Wijnaldum. And once again, you know everyone's the uproar on social media because they can't believe he's picked that midfield three, and why is Fabinho not starting? And then, lo and behold, Jordan Anderson gets injured very early on in the game and has to go off and Fabinho comes on. And I actually thought Fabinho was terrible in the first half. He was so sloppy giving the ball away and getting got dispossessed on one occasion, I remember. And he was poor, really. But then in the second half, he stepped it up and he contributed massively to Liverpool controlling in the second half. And we all know he's a very good player. And let's just leave Klopp to do it because... Don't get me wrong, I did question the substitutions against Man United bringing Sturridge on for the amount of time that he did because it didn't work and bringing Lallana on and Milner on at Goodison because that didn't work either when we were chasing the game to try and get a victory. But when you when you pick a first eleven, you know, 
you've got to get behind him instead of moaning about it. And look, we've just won them last two games. It was all the uproar before the game and the teams came out and we both we went and won both games convincingly, really, 4-2 and 3-1. So, you know, we played quite well in, in the game against Burnley, I thought, and it was a very efficient job, wasn't it, in Munich? Got the job done, what we had to do. And, like I say, just leave the man to do his job because he knows better than us. He sees them insane and day in, day out, doesn't he? And we've all got our judgments on things. And, yeah, that midfield trio doesn't really work that often, but... He decided to go with it. It didn't last very long because of Henderson's injury, and it's it's difficult to to really predict what will happen at the weekend because you know you, it's probably going to be the same back four unless Lovren does come in because he's he was back on the bench, wasn't he? So he could come into the starting lineup, but I think Matip and Van Dijk have done okay together. Haven't yeah, you? So I, th- I think I think I think you have to, you know. If you're going on mirror, I think Matip has done. Now I'm not Matip's biggest fan. Anyone that listens to anything I do, you will will know I'm not Matip's biggest fan. I don't think he's aggressive enough as a centre half. Um, but but on mirror you'd have to keep Matip. It's sorry, just to touch on one thing you said there, Jay, and it was the Kata thing and the minor injury. Do you think that might have been a plan there? And I know as outrageous as it sounds, if Kata travels to Munich and he's fit, is there a chance that? Fabinho doesn't even get on the bench. I don't know about that because Fabinho, as I said before, has been probably our standout midfield performer for the last two or three months. I mean, Wijnaldum's been the most consistent throughout the season from the start of the season back in August. Yeah, great. I think since Fabinho found his feet in December time, he's been very good. So I don't. I think he would have made the bench. And yeah, you know, maybe there is the thought of well. We didn't really need him for the bench. I know it sounds stupid because people have been crying out, haven't they, for Cater to start games, get more game time and get a consistent run of games to find his feet. But maybe Klopp decided, look, you know, just leave him at home. There's no point in bringing him and he'll start the game against Fulham on Sunday. I don't know. It's a bit of a strange situation, isn't it? Because there was no thought process of how he's got his injury. It was just like, oh, he's got a man man and niggle and that's why he hasn't travelled. It was a strange one, wasn't it? So... Maybe that's because he is going to start the game on Sunday. I don't know. But midfield, as ever, is always the issue, isn't it? Because if you look at the back four, I mean, really, Matip should keep his place. So that back four should remain the same. The goalkeeper should remain the same. And then the front three should remain the same. So, yeah. really, it's always about the midfield area and what 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 he's going to do, whether it's going to be the three in there or he's going to go the four, two, three, one. It's difficult to say at the minute because we don't know how bad Henderson's injury is. We don't know what's going on with Keita, if it is a man and niggle and he is going to play on Sunday or not. And as you quite rightly say there about you know Milner, can he play two games in, in the space of four days? Now, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from with that, but he hasn't really been starting many games lately, has he? And no, he's, he's, picked, he's picked up a couple of niggles, Milner. And it's, it's only to be expected because the amount of running he does at the age he's at, he's going to start picking up these things. It's just, that's why I go back to the, the whole rotation thing with Klopp. It's a balancing act for him because he has a Champions League he feels he can win. He has a Premier League he feels he can win. He has a couple of players that have niggly injuries and, and then you have a couple that need a rest. And then you might have one or two that are out of form. Lallana comes in and has a good game against Burnley, but let's be honest, Lallana hasn't played a good game for Liverpool in, in months, at least. You know the kind of way. So it is a it is a hard job for for Klopp at the moment in what way he's trying to juggle this midfield and throw in on top of that, Keita is still trying to find his feet. So for me, it's a difficult one for Klopp, made even more so with Henderson's injury um, last night, and then you have this minor knock to to Keita. So 
I think you're right. I think it's a really, really difficult one to, to choose on Sunday. Yeah, and I, and I do think that it shouldn't be an issue for Milner because if you think back to the start of this season and the start of the season before, Liverpool have like a, a bleak test, you know, to, to test the players' um, fitness levels mm-hmm. from the summer at the start of the season, and James Milner's actually come out top the last two years, so he defies logic with his age. He's thirty-three years of age now, but he's fit as a fiddle. And last night in in the Alliance, he was the player that covered the most yards, the most miles out of out of both sides. So it's testament to how fit he is for the, for the age that he is. So. I don't think there's any problems with him playing two games in four days. I really don't. And like I say, we're playing Fulham. It's not like you wouldn't imagine that he'd have to cover as many yards as he did in in, in the Alliance because it's Fulham at the end of the day. Liverpool probably will have more of the ball than what Fulham will have. And, and we should have more of the ball than what Bayern Munich had. Bayern Munich had more of the ball, didn't he, the other night against us, whereas yeah. we'll have more of the ball against Fulham. So I think you'd have to factor them things in as well. It shouldn't be too much of an issue. I think probably will be the same midfield trio to tell you the truth because you know these games come thick and fast but the facts are you know we've got to play our best team all the time now because the games are vitally important and I don't like calling every single game a cup final because we don't tend to do well in cup finals but <laughs> every single game now we've got eight Premier League games left a minimum of another two in the Champions League hopefully another five but Obviously, these games are all vitally important. We've got to win every single one. The margin for error is very slight now because it's out of our hands. You know, Manchester City have got it in their own hands. If they win all their last eight games, there's not a thing we can do about it. And that's the frustrating aspect of it. But all we can do is concentrate on ourselves and get the job done that we need to do and win all of our games. And, you know, it could work in our favour that we'll go into this international break. If we beat Fulham on Sunday, we'll go into the international break. It's like a two-week break. And we'll go into that, basically, like, we'll be clear, we'll be two points clear in Man City, and they're going to have to stew on that for the two weeks of the international break. It's massively important we get the three points, and you know, we've got to play our strongest team. And, and I would say, probably, that will be playing Milner, Fabinho and Wijnaldum. And I know there doesn't seem to be a lot of creativity in there, but I just don't think Klopp trusts Cater and Shaqiri at this moment in time, not in these vitally important games because they haven't really been starting games have they lately and that tells its own story. Yeah, we we were having this chat on Monday night on the podcast on the Day Trippers and, <coughs> excuse me, we came to the conclusion that Klopp is probably trying to look at his tried and tested as much as he can because he is in a place now where, he, you know, like if you go back, if we were in a position now with eight games to go in the league and we're comfortably toured, but we couldn't win the league, he could probably switch it around a bit more. You know, he could kind of test things a bit more and put it in and see how he does. And But now it's a case of, no, there's no margin for error here. So, again, that's another layer on top of the players' injuries and, and niggles and, and form and stuff like that. Throw in on top that this is a serious business we're at and I can't really mess about and put players in that are out of form, I can't risk it because of what lies ahead. You know, like you said, we probably need to be near perfect from here at the end of the season to be able to show we're winning the league. I'm of the opinion that you will drop points, but you never know. They're, they're on a streak at the moment. That could be hard to stop. Um, but I suppose that the thing about Sunday is, that, and you've touched on it, it's two weeks to a league game after that. You know, we suppose 14 days after that. So 
it could be a case of Klopp saying, look, give me one more big one, lads, and then we've we've time off or you're away from it now and then we can get back in against Spurs in two weeks. But Jay, I'll, I'll pick a team as well, but pick me your team as you see. Well, look, I've just said there, haven't I? The back four picks itself and then you're talking the front three picks itself as well. So I just think that the midfield three, you'll go with the Trident Trusters. I mean, I know I said before, maybe the fact that Kate is being left behind is an indicator that he will start the game on Sunday. But I just don't think he, I don't think he will. I think it'll be Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Milner. And people might say, oh, I don't like that midfield trio. But fact of the matter is, it's what Klopp trusts, doesn't he? He likes that midfield and obviously throws Henderson in there every now and then. The only other thing is we haven't really spoke about him for this game. But Adam Lallana played well against Burnley, so maybe he'll come into the side. I'm not sure, but to be fair to Lallana, he put a shift in as well against Burnley. It wasn't just about the fancy touches and the Cruyff turns and the link play and charging the ball down for the second goal. He actually does put a, put a shift in as well. So maybe there is a possibility that Wijnaldum could be rested because the thing with Wijnaldum, I said before, he's been the most consistent midfield player that we've had this season. But he still does have at times a tendency to go missing a little bit in the away games, doesn't he? He's always great at Anfield. I love him at Anfield. But in the away games, sometimes he can go a little bit, be like the invisible man at times. And I don't know, maybe maybe Lallana will get the nod in, in this game. But it's difficult to say. And I say this time and time again with Peter when he asked me. It's very hard nowadays to second-guess Klopp because, as we've already spoken about, who would have envisaged Lalana starting against Burnley? Who would have envisaged um, Oregi starting against Watford? I mean, OK, fair enough. Um, Firmino was injured for the game, wasn't he? But most people would have thought Sturridge would have started that game or maybe put Lallana, put sorry Salah up front and put Shaqiri. Maybe should start Shaqiri in midfield or something. Um you know, for argument's sake, we would have thought that Fabinho would have missed out against Bayern Munich. It's very difficult to second-guess what Klopp's going to do. and I just think it's a bit of a toss-up, but I certainly think Lallana's performance against Burnley has put him in the equation to start games now between now and May, which I don't know how I feel about that because I was against him starting against Burnley, but he did prove me wrong, and I, and I don't mind being proved wrong. I'll hold my hands up. But, you know, some of the reactions of people... Let's be honest, Klopp knows better than most, doesn't he? So let him do the job that he's paid to do. He's not doing too badly, is he? Because we're sitting, you know, one point behind, top of the table in the Premier League, chance to go top on Sunday, and we're in the last eight of the Champions League. So let's leave Klopp to do his job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, the keeper at the back four, I think, stays the same. Um, the front three, I think, will stay the same. I think you'll see Milner and one of Wijnaldum or Fabinho. And I think you will see Lallana. Um, just going on what I've seen the other night with regards to, like we've touched on, players' fatigue. You know, he, he talked he talked after Burnley about Wijnaldum looking tired. Um, Fabino comes on, and like you said, a bit sloppy first half. He steps it up from, say, 45 to 75 in Munich. And then for the last 15, he looked a bit, it looked a bit leggy for him. So I think you might see, like, Milner... Wijnaldum or Fabino, and I think Lallana might get another start. I think that game against Fulham or against Burnley may have gotten back in the reckoning. I agree with John Shaqiri and Kate. I don't think he trusts them at the moment, but he could, they could be a great change in the game if if we're one or two up 
and it full them open up a bit and these lads can exploit spaces um, especially fresh legs against the Torrent defence so I'm going to go with <coughs> excuse me Milner Fabino Owen Aldam and Lalana and the front three is normal last thing to do Jay we need a prediction um, I'll let you go first walk away yeah, as I just said there about Fulham, they're obviously going to be quite open, aren't they? And we're going to have chances to score goals against them. I take on board what you're saying, now that it's quite possibly last chance saloon for them because, yeah, they might have eight Premier League games to go and seven after this one, but they're running out of time, aren't they? And if they are nine, ten points adrift, then you, you just can't see them getting out of trouble, really. But if they are going to make a fist of it, it's going to happen at Craven Cottage, and it's going to happen at home. And you know they've got Liverpool now, and then they've got in two weeks' time Manchester City. So you wouldn't imagine they'll get much out of either game. But you just don't know. They could have a reaction. They've got a new manager now, Scott Parker. They've lost the first two games. By all accounts, they've done a little bit better in both of them games than what they were under Ranieri. I mean, I look back to probably about a month or so ago and they'd be Brighton 4-2 I think it was at home and to be fair Brighton are not a bad side and they're quite good defensively really I, I think they're, they're quite well organised under Chris shooting and they put four past them which was a bit of a surprise to me a bit of a shock so I do think they've got goals in the team Liverpool don't concede many goals that's the thing I mean 17 in 30 games fantastic really 17 clean sheets as well for Alisson Conceded the least in the Premier League this season, as we've already said. Virgil van Dijk's a rock. He organises the back line fantastically well. And Fabinho normally acts as the shield in front of the back line as well in the midfield. So you can't really see Liverpool having too many problems. But I do think they could be good for a goal. You know, as you say, a tight little pitch and all that crowd behind them. You know, last chance saloon. So I do think they might score. But I just think Liverpool are going to have plenty of opportunities to score and. With the likes of Salah, he needs a goal. He's trying to get his 50th, isn't he? Hopefully he'll get it on Sunday. Sadio Mane's absolutely on fire. I think Firmino scored a couple against Burnley, didn't he? A little bit disappointing the port in the Alliance. Not had the best of seasons, but you know he's still the glue that sticks everything together up front for Liverpool. And it'd be nice if he gets on the score sheet as well. So I go for a 3-1 Liverpool win and all the front three to, to get on the score sheet. Well, I usually go for 3-1 wins. Um, that's my scoreline, and it never fucking happened. Um, I went and I changed it last night and said 4-1, and we won 3-1. So um, if you need football tips, don't look at me, um, especially scoreline predictions because they're awful. Um, but I agree with you. I think I think Fulham have to come out with some sort of fight in this game. and you know It could be anything, Jay. It could be a free kick to get a corner, to get a near miss. You know, gets the crowd up and gets them going. Now, they're not the most intense crowd at Craven Cottage. They're not the most intimidating, but it can make enough noise when the place gets going. You've seen that over the years. And, you know, it could be the last hurrah for them and the fans and stuff like that. I have confidence in Liverpool to go and snuff these out and take control of the game and an early goal or an early two goals and, and it puts them to bed and they give up, you know. Um, Looking, I, I'd like to see us dominate the midfield. I'd like to give them no kind of encouragement. I'd like to, you know, their main threats will be Babel and Sessignon if they play wide. I'd like to see Robertson and Trent making them go back the other way because although Sessignon can do it, I don't think Babel wants to go the other way. Um, and the three up front, I think Salah can exploit them. I think Mane can definitely exploit them. But if they do sit deep, Fabinho, Firmino is the one that can 
get it on the half turn and make things happen. So I'm actually going to stick with my prediction from last night. I'm going to say 4-1 to Liverpool. Um, I don't know who scores. I don't care who scores. Once we come away with three points and we go top of the league with the international break to come up, um, I'm more than happy. Um, that's more or less that's it from us. Um, I apologise for the coffin throughout. Um, I'm not very well at the moment, um, but I struggled on. and I know Jay is proud of me for doing that, um, even though he won't say it publicly. Um, but this podcast has been in association with LFC Online. Check out them on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, for all your Liverpool news, um, they, put, they put this podcast up across all the platforms. Um, I know um, it caused close to Peter's heart, and I think it's something to do. I think one of his friends is involved is the No More Noise campaign. Campaign. If you look that up, um, and No More Noise, um, you will see all the details there. Um, the music you're going to hear tonight, um, when we finish, is from Chasing Infinity, and the song is called Ahead of You. Um, I've been Gav. Uh, Jay, thanks a million for joining me tonight. Um, we'll do it again soon. Cheers, Gav. Hopefully everyone will enjoy the game on Sunday, and we go top of the table. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from Gav, from Jay, have a good one. Enjoy the game Sunday. Let's go top of the league. Um, let's put all the pressure on Man City and let's see how we get on from there. Over and out.
Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.